Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm here with you today to take your calls and texts live on the air. Calvary Live is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If there's something that's come up in your Bible reading that you have questions about or you're curious about, you'd like to discuss, we'd love to hear from you and hopefully we can answer those questions for you. If there's something going on in your life that you're curious, what is what is the Bible, what does God's Word have to say about it, we'd love to discuss that with you. Or if you have a prayer request and something that you would uh, that's going on that you would like prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, We are blessed to have our show syndicated in several areas here in the United States. And, of course, we're broadcasting live online and via the mobile app all the time, so you can tune in there as well. So just a welcome to those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to Pueblo, Colorado. We're glad that you are tuning in and that you're with us today. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those of you who are tuning in on Truth FM in Tennessee and in parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Um, Just a reminder for those of you who are listening on the East Coast in the area around Tennessee that you're hearing the show on a one-week delay. But we would love uh, for you to call in and then you get to tune in the next week and you get to listen to yourself on the radio, which is cool. Uh, Also want to give just a big hello to everyone who listens online. I mentioned that we're... um, broadcasting live on the Grace FM app. If you don't have that, then you should go ahead and get it. Uh, the app, just go to your app store and whatever device you use and just type in Grace FM. It should come right up and you can listen live on there. There's also some other cool features in the app like a Bible reading program and some other cool stuff in there. And if you're at a computer, you can always tune in via the browser. So you just go to gracefm.com and you can listen live right there in the browser. So however you're tuning in today, we're glad you're with us. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Here at the beginning of the show is always one of the best times to call in because we have open lines right here at the beginning of the show. And it's uh, if you've maybe been wanting to call in with a question or something going on in your life for a while and, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Well, now's always a good time to do it. We're uh, looking forward to hearing from you. Have open lines. Again, the number is 303-690-3000. or text us 720-336-0897. So 720-336-0897 for the text line. A few words about myself. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're a church that 
loves Jesus and we love to study the Bible and we love to worship. And so uh, we meet for worship and we have children's ministry. We, we have a Bible study every Sunday. Right now we're studying through the book of Romans and uh, we've been doing that for several weeks now. We, we just finished Romans chapter 10 this past Sunday. So I'll say a few words about that in just a minute. But uh, but for our church, you know, our church meets in downtown Longmont at uh, 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So those of you in Longmont may be familiar. It's kind of a historic building here in town. And um, it's right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street. So we're just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And we're right on the corner of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont. So very central location, and um, it's a great place for our church to meet. Um, we've been meeting there for several years now, and just would love to have you join us if you are in the Longmont area or in any of the surrounding um, communities, whether it's uh, you know to the north. We have uh, a lot of folks who come down from Berthoud and Mead over into Frederick, Firestone, Decono, that whole Carbon Valley area, and Erie Lafayette. We have people who come from there as well as uh, Niwot and Lyons up into the mountains a little bit like Pinewood and Estes. And so if you're in the Longmont area, we would love to have you come visit us. Check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can listen to our past sermons. You can get directions. You can also hear me every weekday uh, at 2.30 p.m. We have a show that airs on Grace FM called Life in the Field. That's an allusion to the idea that we live our lives on mission with God in his mission fields. So that's every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and then Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Hopefully you're at church, but if for some reason you're not, tune in to Grace FM and uh, and you can hear our show on there as well. We've got some calls coming in already, so let's go to Steve in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the program. Steve. All right. Well, it looks like Steve's not there, so let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the program. A question. It's either in the last chapter of Revelation or the one before that, where John, uh, the angel showing John the river coming from the temple. Mm-hmm. It's it's crystal, like crystal, and then there's the trees on either side that bear the fruits every uh, month. There's fresh fruit. But it says the leaves on the tree bring healing to the nation. Mm-hmm. But I was a little confused about that because I know that when we're in heaven, there's no healing needed. Mm-hmm. So what are they actually talking about, the leaves that are healing for the nation? Yeah, it's a great question. I've never never thought about that. You know, I'll just tell you this. The thing to remember with the book of Revelation is it's a book of, uh, I won't say allegory, I'll say it's an apocalyptic story. So Revelation okay. is apocalyptic, which is a um, a genre of, of um, writing that we don't really have in our day and age. It was a genre that existed, uh, that was used a lot in the ancient Near East. Um, doesn't really exist too much in our day. Some examples of apocalyptic writing in the Bible, there's not even a lot of it in the Bible, but uh, Revelation being a, a big one, uh, which means that a lot of the things that we read in Revelation symbolize things and they're alluding to things which maybe we can't imagine. Uh, other, you know, we, It's trying to use things that we know in order to describe something that's kind of unknown to us. So another example of this is Daniel. Daniel also uses a lot of, is is an apocalyptic, so like the latter part of Daniel. Um, But so the question is, is there, is that tree a literal tree? Is the river a literal river? Or are these allusions to 
uh, certain things. Now, maybe maybe they are. Um, I, th I think, though, that what this is describing is it's painting a picture for us of, of what the new heavens and the new earth will be like. And, uh, um, and I think what's really important to see here is that this tree is the tree of life. That's really the key. Now, think about this uh, from the perspective of the, the fact that the Bible is a story that is more, I guess you could say, circular rather than linear in the sense of this. So the, the Bible starts out with this ideal situation in which man and God are dwelling together, right? There's no sin, things, <laughs> nature's in harmony, the animals aren't killing and attacking each other, nor, nor the people, and people are living, there's no sin, there's no shame, people have a relationship with God, and they're living in that relationship. And then that is all broken because of sin and disobedience that comes into the world. There's a curse of sin and death. And what happens is Jesus comes and he dies to break the curse of sin and death and to make a way. And then finally, it tells us that when he returns to the earth, that this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. Satan will be destroyed and gone away forever. There will be no more tears. You know, he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. Nothing will exist. And then this is what I think is really, really amazing, is that remember how in the Garden of Eden, because of sin, we were separated from the tree of life. And right. actually, it actually says there in Genesis 3 that he put an angel with a flaming sword there to protect the people so that they would not eat of the tree of life. And a, and a lot of people are confused by that. Like, why would God want us to not eat from the tree of life and live forever? And the reason is actually really interesting when you think about it. It's this, that it's the mercy of God, that he doesn't want us to eat. From, so in our fallen state, in a fallen world, a cursed world, in a cursed state, he doesn't want us to then live forever in that cursed state. That would be a tragedy. And so oh, what yeah. he does is he separates it from separates us from that so that we will die. So it's actually God's mercy that he lets us die in order that one day after he has done the saving work, he might resurrect us and reunite us with the tree of life. And so that for me, that's what I would want you to emphasize more than anything is that this tree is the tree of life. This is what we were separated from in the Garden of Eden. And what we see in the last chapter of Revelation is a um, reuniting or a restoration of all that was lost in the Garden of Eden, but, but not just a restoration. It's actually the fulfillment of what Eden would have become. Eden was a garden, but now mm -hmm. we see there's a city. So it's what Eden would have become, uh, and it's going to be glorious. And I think, you know, where it talks about healing of the nations... I mean, keep in mind the the big, what we would call meta, meta narrative of the Bible, meaning the grand narrative in the sense of w what happened in Eden. So this is kind of bookends, right? So, so uh, Revelation 22 is a bookend with Genesis chapter 3. So in Genesis chapter 3, what happened? We, we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We were separated from the tree of life. The result of what we did, our sin and disobedience, was that we brought... Um, sin and disease and chaos and sickness into the world. And what happens is now we're reunited with the tree of life, which forever yields fruit. It's, it's beauty, it's, it's goodness, it's sustenance, and it is healing. So no more, you know, it's, it's the opposite of the curse. I think that's really what I would want to bring your attention to there. Yeah, makes sense. That's cool. Thank you. I and I'll tell you that way, but I'll tell yeah, you one you more thing. My eyes to see it that way. It's cool. 
I want to tell you one more thing that I get really excited about. And uh, so I hope I'm not talking your ear off, but uh, I, I just want to tell everybody about this because I think it's so cool. In the end of Ezekiel, so Ezekiel, you know, is a prophecy about stuff that's going on in Israel at the time. But then the end of Ezekiel is all about the future and the, this amazing things, the amazing things that are going to happen in the future. And so what he says in Ezekiel, it says that what happens is that when Jesus will return, it says that he will put his two feet on the temple mount and that there will essentially be like an earthquake with there will be a shaking. And, and as a result, there, there will be a new river that flows from underneath the temple and it will flow into the Dead Sea and it will it will make the Dead Sea come back to life. And uh, and so it says that there will be fish again in the Dead Sea. And so when we see this new heavens, new earth, the tree of life and this this river that is the river of the water of life, you know, that also brings to mind this this end times picture where it says that when Jesus returns, the the Dead Sea will be brought back to life as well. The deadest place on earth will be full of life because this river of living water will flow from the temple into the Dead Sea and it will turn that death into life. And I, I just love that picture, what it symbolizes and what it means. And, uh, and I look forward to that new heavens and new earth. It's what all of us, I think, in our heart of hearts look forward to. Amen. So he gives life to everything. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. That's so cool. You awesome. Praise the Lord. Of it all. God bless you, Jerry. Thank you for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is... Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Uh, we've got two open lines. The number to call, 303-690-3000. or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go back to Steve in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Steve. Welcome hey, to the program. Pastor Nick. Pastor What's Nick, up? I have a, a question. Uh, it's in regarding to dreams. Uh, I have some pretty awful, violent dreams, mm. and I have some other you know, inappropriate dreams. Okay. Are, is, is subconsciously, is that a sin? Do I need to confess bad dreams? Yeah, you know, Steve, I think that you have no control over those dreams. I don't think that you choose to to dream about the things that we dream about. I know I've had times where I had dreams and I was like, man, uh, what what was that all about? But I think that, you know, dreams can be our minds kind of decompressing. Um, and I think also that we can have dreams just as we can have dreams in which the Lord speaks to us. I think there can also be dreams that are um, attacks from the enemy or, or at least they, they have some element of spiritual attack involved with them. And so... Um, do you need to confess those? I'm not sure that you do, but I will tell you, I don't think you can go wrong with repenting and, and asking the Lord to, you know, I guess my approach to it would be this. I would just, I think that repentance is something that we need to be doing constantly. It's a, it's a lifestyle of being a Christian is, is a lifestyle of repentance. So I would come to the Lord and say, Lord, it, I don't know. Maybe there's something in my heart that that needs to be dealt with. So Lord, would you please you know, cleanse my heart. Would you please cleanse my mind and, um, and forgive me if I, if I have these kind of latent thoughts that are coming out in my dreams um, and just say, Lord, I, I want 
I want to delight in you. And, and I would ask the Lord to take away those dreams, to stop those dreams from coming. And um, yeah, I, I, I guess I wouldn't say that you necessarily need to sin. You see, it gets to one of these things like, is that a sin? I would say it's definitely the result of sin, but is it an active sin? I don't know. So like, let's say, let's say you have an inclination towards doing something. Like you have an inclination towards stealing or hurting people or anger. And let's say you get really angry inside, um, but you don't act on that anger. Well, clearly um, it's better that you don't act on that anger. Is that feeling a sin, even if you don't want that feeling? Well, it's certainly the, the result of sin. And so I would be asking God to take that away. I would be asking him to cleanse your heart and your mind. And, um, and the Bible says that he's faithful to do that, that if we, if we confess, then he will cleanse our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. But yeah, I guess I would just encourage you to be repentant about it and humbly come to the Lord and ask him to take those things away. Yeah, I had a pretty messed up childhood. Mm. And I think a lot of it goes back to unresolved issues of uh, violence you know, against me as a child. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that, Steve. Well, let me, let me pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. And just let's ask God together to, um, to help you work through these things, to cleanse your heart, to, to renew your mind. Heavenly Father, I pray for Steve. I, um, I'm sorry to hear that he's struggling with these things. I know that it sounds like it's not his desire to have these dreams. And, and he feels like somehow he's being attacked or maybe he's working through some, some things from his past. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse his heart and I pray, pray that you'd cleanse his mind. I pray that you give him a renewed heart, renewed mind. Lord, I pray that you'd fill his mind and his heart even when he's asleep. Lord, with uh, beautiful things, with things that encourage him towards worship and towards you. Lord, I do thank you that you've brought Steve out and through these difficult things he's been through and that he's now on the other side. Lord, I pray that you'd fill his heart with uh, forgiveness towards uh, those who have hurt him. And I also pray, Lord, that um, that you would give, you would kind of cleanse his mind and just, Lord, make him, like your word says, wash him with the water of your word. And I do pray that... Um, that these dreams would stop and uh, and that Steve would be able to to have uh, no concern about going to sleep and having dreams. So, Lord, we, I pray that you bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Absolutely. God bless you, Steve. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have all open lines now. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Nick calling from Wyoming. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Going great. What's up? Hey, I'm just looking for some prayer requests. Um, I feel like I'm kind of uh, falling away from my faith a little bit, you know, like I'm, I'm not at that spiritual high. Um, and I'm not really comfortable with, with, with who I am as a person. And I just, I'd like to feel comfortable, not ashamed as a Christian mm. and, uh, and be able to use my, my gifts to help people. Cause I, um, you know, I, it's so weak right now, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let me pray for you and then and I'll, I have some thoughts for you. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for Nick, and I, I just uh, thank you for his desire to 
to serve you, to live for you, and to be zealous for you. Lord, I pray that uh, truly uh, whatever has happened in his life that's causing him his zeal to wane, Lord, I pray that uh, as he gets a clearer and clearer picture of you, Lord, that he would have he would be full of, of zeal for you and excitement for you once again. Lord, I, I think of in Revelation where Jesus said, you know, you have forgotten your first love, but then he, he told that church who had forgotten their first love, he said, here's what I want you to do. Go back and do the first things. Go back to the last good day you had with me and, and do those things again. And so, Lord, I pray for Nick that uh, as we pray, he would also be taking steps and actions uh, towards stirring up that zeal in his heart for you. And I pray that you would bless him and truly let him have that, that strong, stable walk with you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Nick, a few thoughts, if you don't mind, on this, because sure. I've talked to a lot of people in this way. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you been walking with the Lord? Um, since my daughter's birth, like five years ago. Um, okay. I've been, I've been walking with the Lord, so I'm, I'm still kind of like a toddler, uh, you know, when it yeah. comes to Christianity. Yeah. Um, so here's something that I found. I remember being a young Christian. You know, I got saved when I was 16, and I started going to church, and I remember having these experiences, you know, where I would just be so overwhelmed taking communion and things like that, where I would just, I would just be in tears. And now here's what's crazy. So when I first got saved, I, I, was, a, I was still attending um, a Catholic church where I would go and they would have mass every day. That was what I liked about it, actually. You know, I, I would go to mass yeah. every day and I would take communion. And I mean, I wasn't learning really the word at this place, and, but I would take communion and I would just be in stitches because, you know, torn up because I was, um, I was just so overwhelmed that God would forgive me, that he would love me, that he would give me new life. And you know what's happened over the time? Now I take communion every week and it's probably been 20 years since I was moved by it to the point of tears. You know what I mean? Um, on the other hand, um, you know, I think about it in these terms. When you walk with the Lord for a time, it's like any relationship, and that that relationship develops. And it do, it doesn't um, just because the the feelings change doesn't mean the relationship isn't isn't good. So I'll give you some yeah. examples. Like, so I've been married right for uh, just had an anniversary fourteen years, and um, I remember the first time I kissed my wife. Man, I was anxious my heart was beating really fast you know i was really excited and yeah. now i now i kiss my wife all the time and i i you know in one sense you could say maybe i take it for granted or in another sense maybe our relationship has just developed past that initial excitement that doesn't yeah. mean it's a bad relationship it means that it's a different stage of relationship the relationship is maturing and part of the beauty of our relationship is its stability you know, that it wasn't, it, it, it was fast and exciting and, and scary at first. And now, you know, we've kind of settled in and we can be healthy without necessarily having, you know, that overwhelming feeling all the time. But what's beautiful about a relationship is our faithfulness to each other and it's our stability and it's our consistency in that relationship. And I talk to a lot of young Christians who are like, you know, why don't I have these feelings every time? like I used to in the past. And maybe there is something wrong. And I don't want to discount that if that's the case. But maybe there's not. And maybe the issue is just, you know, you've been walking with the Lord. 
And it, just like any relationship, your relationship develops in stages. And I, if that's the case, then I would just encourage you to enjoy that and, and appreciate that for what it is. Now, on the other hand, um, if it is really an issue where you you know you're sl starting to kind of backslide or the fire you could say is cooling and it really needs to be stirred up again i was just teaching romans 10 this past sunday and he mentions this phrase there when he talks about the jewish people he says i bear witness that they have zeal for god but their zeal is not according to knowledge and i was just thinking about the fact that i know a lot of christians who who you know when they start out walking with the lord they'll be really zealous but they'll lack knowledge and then yeah. what can happen over time is that I, I also know a lot of Christians who have a lot of knowledge, but they lack zeal for God. And um, ideally, the way that it would work is that as we know the Lord more, that would encourage us to have zeal. You know, we would we would be stirred up by seeing who he is and how he loves and how great he is. And then that zeal would fuel us towards knowing him more, which would fuel us towards more zeal. And it'd just be this, you know, perpetuating cycle that stirs us up all the more. And and so I would encourage you to pray towards that end. Seek the Lord, get to know him. I love one of the things that John Piper says, where he says that uh, doctrine is the fuel for worship. And so if we want to worship, you know, we can really stir ourselves up and say, okay, I'm going to worship, I'm going to worship, I'm going to worship. But if we don't put any gas in the tank, you know, any fuel for the fire, then, then it's going to burn out. What we need to do is be feeding ourselves with the doctrine, who God is, the doctrine of grace and, and how great he is and, and beholding Jesus. And that will actually fuel zeal in our hearts. So um, anyway, I hope some of that helps, Nick. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, God bless you. Thanks for calling in. All right, bye bye. This is Pastor Nick Katie. You're listening to White. Sorry, you're listening to Calvary Live. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I got a little tongue tied there. Let's. Uh, we have three minutes until our break. We're going to go to Luke in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Luke, welcome to the program. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, just a question. So I was wondering if. It's wrong to tell someone that you forgive them if if they haven't necessarily apologized to you. And and I guess the reason I ask that is because, you know, part of me feels like, you know, whether they have um, apologized to me or not, I need to forgive them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of need to hear myself say that. But then the other side of me thinks, um, if uh, that's kind of like me trying to clean up their side of the street, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing. Um, it's not just the words we say. It's why we say them and what we're aiming at. We call this subtext, right? So in any conversation, there's a text, there's a context, and there's a subtext. Subtext is what you're aiming at with the words that you say. So, for example, if I ask my wife, uh, on her birthday, hey, can I go watch football with my friends? And she says, do whatever you want. Well, she the subtext is actually, you better not do whatever you want, right? So uh, here's what I would say on that. If you talk to this person, see, it's hard for me to tell you yes or no because I don't know what subtext you have. I don't know what your reason for telling that person you forgive them is. And I think that you could do it on a in a good way or in a bad way. Let me explain. Like, if you go to this person... And you say, I forgive you, even though they haven't apologized. You could do that in a very kind of passive aggressive way, right? Like, 
like you're trying to get them to see that you are better than they are because you forgive them and you're kind of trying to paint yourself in a good light. You see what I'm saying? How you could be kind of passive aggressive with that. Now, on the other hand, you could go to that person and say, hey, listen, what you did really hurt me. But I just wanted you to know that I have forgiven you and I'm ready to move on. I think you could do that depending on your tone and the reason why you're saying it and your subtext. I think that you could say that in a really gracious way that tells them that, hey, I'm a Christian. I don't hold grudges. What you did hurt me, um, but I'm not going to hold a grudge. So that that would be a thing. I, I think rather than... Um, you know, cleaning up their side of it as far as that goes. Um, we're going to go to break in just 30 seconds. So actually, you know what? I'm going to um, finish up with you and pray for you on the other okay. side if you don't mind uh, holding for two minutes. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks, Luke. All right, you've been listening to Calvary Live. We are at our mid-show break. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church. We will be back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or you can call in with your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to answer your questions about the Bible or maybe something going on in your life. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go back to Luke in Denver. We were talking just before the break. So sorry, Luke, that I uh, had to put you on hold, but thanks for holding. Um, Thank you. You had been talking about uh, forgiving someone, telling someone that you forgive them. My opinion is I, I don't know what your motive is. You know you know that, and you need to pray with that through God. What is your motive in telling them that you forgive them, and, and why would that be something that you would say to them? Here's the other thing. I think that you can also just forgive them without telling them, but that's why I guess I would want to know what's your motive. And uh, So maybe maybe you could answer that question for me. Do you Do you have a sense of what? is driving you to tell this person that you forgive them? Um, honestly, I've just, uh, we just had a bad falling out a couple years ago and I'm going through, um, a few amends right now. And he was the last one for the time being. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I've felt the weight and kind of just the bitterness of holding on to that over the past couple of years. And, um, I just, I just want to let it go. You know, it's like I've, I've been holding it against him and then I'm over here, the one suffering for it. Yeah. I know how that so, goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, does, I just kind does, of felt like I, I don't know if it's the verbal part of it, but I just, I just want to let it go. Yeah. Do you have a sense that this other person knows that they wronged you? Do they think that they were wrong in the situation? Um, I would think so. Okay. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I would just say if that person is well aware of the fact that they were in the wrong, then maybe telling them that you forgive them is appropriate. But if not, you know, if if it's going to come down to an argument over who was wrong and who was right, 
by just going up to a person saying, hey, I forgive you, that insinuates that they were in the wrong and you were the innocent party. So, you know, I guess I would say if you really want to bury the hatchet with this person, you really want to reconcile, I would, I would go to that person with just a huge heart of humility and say, hey, I am going through a process where I want to uh, put the past behind me. And I, and I would go to that person with humility and say, hey, I want to apologize if I have hurt you. And I just want you to know that anything you've done against me uh, is, is forgiven and forgotten, and I'm ready to move on. So that being said, and you talking about just uh, my tone and everything, is probably best just to make sure we were intentional about maybe doing this in person, right? Oh, yeah, these kind of things are always better in person, if possible. Okay. All right, we'll definitely appreciate it. Yeah, let me pray for you, and then I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, I pray for Luke, and I just uh, thank you for his heart to forgive. Lord, your word says so much about that, that if, if we don't forgive, then uh, you say you won't, that that's the one thing, we, we won't receive forgiveness. And so, Lord, I pray for Luke that uh, you give him wisdom with how to approach this, and I pray that it would be well-received on the other end, that this person would, would receive this. And, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in this, that in, in whatever way he might make it clear to this person that this is... Um, that this is uh, because you, Jesus, are doing a work in Luke's heart. So I pray that you would get the glory in this situation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Luke. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Nick. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Karen in New Jersey. Hi, Karen. Karen. Looks like we might have lost Karen. Um, it looks like here that Karen had uh, a few things which we can pray for even if she's not on the air. So let's go ahead and pray for those. Karen, it says that she, uh, her, her cousin passed away last Christmas and then her son was in a motorcycle accident and paralyzed and then her son's wife left him, uh, left with the two kids. So lots of, you know, sad things going on there in Karen's family life. So let's go ahead and pray for her. Heavenly Father, we pray for Karen. Uh, we pray for all these hurts that she's dealing with, particularly the loss of a, a cousin last Christmas. Um, Lord, as we get nearer to Christmas, I'm sure that's pretty raw. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd be with her, that you'd be her comforter, and that you would be her strength. Lord, I also pray for her son uh, as he is paralyzed, Lord, that you would be with him and that you would surround him with people who care about him. I'm very sorry to hear that his wife has left with the two kids. So, Lord, I just pray for healing and reconciliation in that family. I pray that you do a miracle, uh, both in his life and in his family. Uh, Lord, give Karen wisdom with how to, uh, how to point others to you, but also, Lord, give her the strength of knowing that you are with her. And, uh, and thank you for that, Lord. Sometimes we don't have all the answers, but thank you that we have your presence with us. And that means so much, especially knowing the hope that we have in you. So that I pray for Karen, that you bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. While I've got you here, let me take the opportunity to invite those of you in the Longmont, Colorado area to join us for church at the church I pastor. Um, 
Whitefields Community Church, Longmont, Colorado. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And like I said earlier in the show, recently we've been studying through Romans. We're still studying through it. And this past Sunday, we finished Romans chapter 10. So right now for chapters 9, 10, and 11, we're kind of doing a mini-series within our greater series of of Romans, which we call Saving Grace. Uh, Within Romans, we are studying uh, kind of a mini-series within that series called Understanding Israel. Because that's what it, chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans are all about is what is the place of Israel? How does this work with God, all the promises that God made to the Jewish people? Are they still valid? Um, or have they transferred now over to Christians? Has there been some kind of replacement or a switch that has happened? Um, you know, so we've been talking about all of these issues, and it's been very good. In chapter 9, it talks so much about the sovereignty of God. Chapter 10 talks so much about the other side of the coin, which is human responsibility. And, you know, these are issues which seem like they're kind of at uh, odds with each other. They seem mutually exclusive. And, uh, and what the Bible says is that they're not. You know, this is what we would call, it's not a contradiction, it's what we would call an antinomy or antinomy. I'm not actually sure how that's pronounced because I just re- read it in books. But antinomy or antinomy, it essentially means two things which are true at the same time, even though they appear to be mutually exclusive. And so we see that God is completely sovereign over history and over salvation. And yet we have a responsibility for the decisions and choices we make. So it's been a great study. And this coming Sunday, we're going to be in chapter 11, which in which God talks about the remnant of Israel and what the future holds for the nation of Israel and their place in God's plan. So we're really looking forward to that. And we'd love to have you join us. If you live in this area of uh, Boulder County, we're kind of like North Boulder County, uh, Southwest Weld County, and Southern uh, Larimer County here in Colorado. If you're in any of those areas, we'd love to have you join us at Whitefields, 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to Steve in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nick. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's up? Yeah, appreciate your ministry. Um, hey, so yeah, I had a question about um, just the, the casting of lots in the Bible, how um, it seems like they would, you know, I've been kind of reading it, uh, the Book of Kings and, and Samuel and all that, um, and how they they long to, to listen to God, you know, and um, but is that it, was that really how God ever intended to communicate? I mean, did God really answer them through that, or was it just like a fifty-fifty chance, yes or no? Did right. they really miss opportunities because maybe God was um, not telling them to do something? I mean, that, and and does that if God worked back then, does does God work that way today? Uh, Yeah, so I have a few thoughts on this. I'll tell you a few things just right off the bat. Um, Nowhere does the New Testament instruct Christians to use a method of casting lots. We know that it happened like in the book of Acts. You remember when they were trying to determine who would replace Judas as one of the 12? And that there's a lot of uh, disagreement on that. Like, was that a good thing? Or should it have been Paul who should have been one of the 12? And they kind of got ahead of themselves and uh, and cast lots, and God wasn't really in it. That's one big thought. Um, you know, the logic behind why, why that's thought, I think, is kind of faulty logic. So, like, for example, uh, was it supposed to be Paul and not Matthias? Well, I think if you look through the, the book of Acts, you'll see that there are more than 12 apostles to begin with. Apostle means sent. 
uh, one, and so there are more than 12. Um, did they need to replace Judas? I don't know if they did. I don't know if they should have been patient. But also the other logic is, well, we we never read about Matthias again in the rest of the New Testament. Well, that's true, but there's like five or six other of the 12 that we don't read about again in the New Testament either. So I'm not sure that that's, um, you know, great logic there. Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't, It's clearly it's not a passage that, it's not a practice that we're ever encouraged to do. Um, the, what I would say about it is it's mentioned 70 times in the New Testament. It's actually the way that they um, divided up the land in, under Joshua. It's the way that they divided up the land of promise, the land of Canaan, in the time of Joshua. That, and God allowed this, right? And so there were other times when God would uh, allow them to determine his will by casting lots, and God used it. But, but I don't ever see it encouraged, especially not in the New Testament, especially now that we have the canon of Scripture, and maybe this is the key, and really the, the important thing is we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, you know, who has known the mind of God? Only the Spirit of God, and he has given us his Spirit in order to know his mind. And so I think that for us as Christians, that's, that's really the key. We have the Word, and we have the Spirit, and that is how we should go about determining the will of God. Now, where I think that it's interesting is that you could at least give them credit for this, is that they were saying, okay, we know that that uh, some division here needs to take place, and so we're going to trust that God is the one who's in control over all of the intangibles of life. This is something we call the providence of God, right? So like, like for example, where you were born, the opportunities that come into your life, the, all of the things that totally shape your life in very, very important ways, and yet you have absolutely no control over them. These all fall under the category of providence. This is, it's also called the invisible hand of God, right? It's the way that God uh, works. It also, you know, made, nobody could really argue with it, right? It's, it's kind of the, it's, it's essentially kind of like flipping a coin. Um, you know, and I think this is kind of the last thing I want to say on this. I think that there are also areas where God gives us a choice, but sometimes there are areas where, you know, we can pray and ask God for his will and things, but I think there are also areas where God wants us to just make a decision, right? Where we're not choosing between good and bad, but we're just choosing between two things that maybe are equally good, right? Like, um, you know, God, should I wear blue pants or white pants? And God's like, I just want you to wear pants. So flip a coin. <laughs> Right, like, um, so I I think those are those are some thoughts I have on it. Does that answer your question? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, we're um, you know going through some. Um, uh, me and my wife are looking for a house and everything, and we're trying to make our choice, and we're really looking at this aspect. And uh, one of the key things we want to view, we want to think about when we get a house is, is it going to be a house? that we can open up our, to, to like a Bible study, you know, like in our, yeah. in our home, in the living room, be bigger, so, so, so forth, and so forth, and so forth. You know, so that's kind of one of the important things we're looking at. There's a few of and we're just like, well, you know, let's just pray for the Lord's will, you know, and he'll direct us to the right place. But, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky, because, you know, God doesn't say, hey, this is it or this is not. Yeah. Um, so aside from laying the fleece down, <laughs> which you hear that terminology from Christians a lot, yeah. I lay the fleece down. 
And remember that laying a fleece down was totally an act of unbelief. So let's just yeah. not do that. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's sure. a funny one. We talk about laying a fleece down. And if you look at the story, the story is that God was mercifully kind of allowed that to work. But it was totally an act of unbelief. Like we shouldn't encourage people to do that. Yeah. So anyway, I guess I guess um, here's here's the other thing I would just point out. There's a pro there's a proverb. It's pretty interesting. Proverbs 18 verse 18 says the lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. Here, here's kind of what I would encourage you to do when you're looking at houses. Let's say you end up and you have like two to three houses that you guys think would meet all of your criteria for what you're, you've been praying for and asking for. You'd be able to open them up to have a Bible study. But, you know, the, the house that you choose will shape many things. You know, it's going to maybe shape the neighborhood that your your family lives in. It's, it might shape your proximity to churches. Consider all of those factors and really more than anything, ask for God to give you direction. And if you still can't decide, you know, um, what I what I've found is, let's say it does come down to, well, we, we just got to choose. These are all good options. Uh, I would say, you know, choose choose one and then. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm disappointed I chose that one. Well, then I think that'll reveal maybe some of the heart and the way that God's leading you. And maybe you choose a different one. But let me pray for you to just uh, have that direction that you need. So, okay. yeah, Lord, um, pray for Stephen here in Aurora uh, as he's seeking your will for the right place to live. We know that that is one of those things that will uh, shape their future and their, their lives in, in great ways. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd put them in the right place. Um, we pray that you'd make it very clear to them that they would just have a conviction that this is where God wants us to be. Lord, we pray that it would, we know that there are neighbors that you want them to live amongst, maybe to witness to them, maybe to, to be near them and to be salt and light for those neighbors. Um, Lord, we, we don't know uh, yet what that place is, but I ask that you would direct them, lead them, guide them, and make it very clear to them. Thank you, Lord, that we have your spirit. And when we don't, uh, you know, it, like it says in your word, who has known the mind of God, only the spirit of God, and you have given us your spirit. So we uh, find so much hope and contentment in that. And I just pray for Stephen and his family, Lord, that you direct them to the right place and make it very clear in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. God bless you, Stephen. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Janelle in Colorado Springs. Hi, Janelle. Welcome to the program. Hey, God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. My question is, I have a very good friend of mine. She and I were like sisters, and an offense came between us that I found out about she told me about it i didn't wasn't aware of it so when she told it to me i apologized to her right then we were on the phone um she still hasn't called me and i've called her different times and apologized again so my question is the scripture over in matthew 18 where it talks about that you tell uh your brother she she won't release me as far as saying that I'm forgiven, at least so far. Um, and I, I have such a, a heart for her. We had such fellowship. We were kind of like Jonathan and David. Mm -hmm. And it really breaks my heart. And um, so in Matthew 18, it talks about if you have a disagreement, go to your brother 
and, you know, if you think that he has something against you or whatever, then you go to witnesses, and then if that doesn't work, you take it to the church. Well, now that the church, which was in the New Testament in that time, that was one church, any locality that you went to was under apostolic authority. They were all one. And the word, the, the letters that were passed around among them were considered to be authoritative for all of them. Now that that is not the case and the church is fractured into schisms and denominations and independent groups and this and that and the other, um, how can that verse be made a reality today and how does that apply to my situation? I've thought about going to her pastor mm -hmm. and saying, you know, can you help me um, somehow get the situation resolved? What can I do? And then I thought, no, that's kind of um, yeah. a backhanded way to do it. Sure. Yeah, so let me let me speak into that. I see two two issues here. So on the one hand, there's the issue between you and this dear friend of yours. And then on the other hand, you're asking a question like, so how does Matthew 18 work now that, uh, you know, people just leave one church and go to another church that's uh, not on the same denomination or authority? So yeah, let me answer both those questions for you. I think with your friend, it sounds to me like, you know, the whole purpose of Matthew 18 is to be reconciled. And it sounds like your friend's not yet ready to do that. I think there are two yeah. big questions. Does your friend not forgive you? Or is your friend just not ready to to be friends again. I think those are two separate things. And yeah. um, and I'm really sorry to hear that. I mean, I, I really do believe that divisions and things are, are results of the fall. And, you know, that is yeah. the hope of the gospel is that in the end, all divisions will cease and we look forward to that day. Um, and, and, you know, as Christians in the kingdom, we want to live in that moment even now where we where all divisions cease amongst us even now. And yeah. so that that's the ideal. Now, the thing is, uh, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you did something. You didn't even realize how how you hurt her, but you apologized. And she's not ready to either forgive you or or, you know, be friends again. I would say the forgiveness one is kind of the big one, but you kind of have no control over it in a way. That's right. really you've put the ball in her court. But I would say, you know, think about Romans uh, where he says as much as depends on you live at peace with all people. And I would just say, Janelle, it sounds like, you know, you're a humble person and I would just encourage you humility, you know, a kind word puts away wrath. And I would just encourage you reach out to your friend again. Maybe you write her a letter, you know, as opposed to an email and you write her a handwritten letter. And it just says, Hey, I, I miss being your friend. I love you. And it grieves me that we are, that we are not okay. And, and just say, Hey, I apologize. Just say it as clearly as you can. I apologize and I ask for your forgiveness. Now, if she chooses not to forgive you at that point, that's really a spiritual issue between her and God. And and I fear for her in that way because, you know, as we said with our previous caller, that's the one thing Jesus says, if you don't forgive, then, then I won't forgive you. And so, I mean, I wouldn't like mention that to her. Or it, could, it could come across kind of threatening or, or manipulative, but I would just, you know, make it super clear. Hey, I yeah. apologize and I ask for your forgiveness. Period. And the factor Sign that your complicates name. it is yeah. that the last I knew, 
her husband was in a secondary pastoral position in their church. Mm. Yeah, and and you know, so so I I think the other the other thing I would answer you on the Matthew eighteen one because uh, I got one more caller that I I'd love to to get to or two more callers. So uh, I'll just tell you this. Here's how it works. And it does work beyond now in our day, like you said, where it's fractured and people can just be like, well, I'm just going to go to this church down the street and, you know, that's it. Well, you know, I had a situation like that here once uh, at my church. And that's why it's good for pastors to know the other pastors in town. And I'd say that most, most of the time that's the case. Now in big cities, that might be harder. But like here in Longmont, right, we're like 100,000 people in Longmont and, and I know a lot of the other pastors in town. Uh, we, we communicate regularly. We have good open lines of communication. And it can be a beautiful thing. You know, we're all on the same team, even if we uh, pastor different churches. And right. so uh, I had uh, someone from our church, you know, who, who left under, you know, not the best circumstances. And they were doing some things which we didn't approve of. And, um, and they went to another church, you know, just kind of like, well, fine, I'm just going to go over here. And so I just contacted that pastor. We met up, had coffee. I said, hey, look, I'm not, I just want you to know what the situation was so that you can shepherd this person properly. And really that's the goal. It's not to be like, hey, I'm not going to let this person get away with this. It's more like, hey, I, I care about this person's heart and I want them to be cared for. And it's not actually good for them to be able to just go from one place to the next and carry on and pick up where they left off and do the same things if those things yeah. were hurtful or detrimental to other people. So that that's how Matthew 18 works on that level. Uh, I'm going to get to these other two callers, but I really appreciate the conversation. It's a great question. So God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. We have five minutes left in the show. Uh, my name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to Kayla in Maryland. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Pastor Nick. God hey. bless. Yeah, thanks for holding. What's up? I was just calling because I really um, feel a uh, need in my heart for prayer for my sister. Um, we're very, very close, and um, recently she um, has been in a relationship with somebody who's been very manipulative, manipulative, and um, just a lot of lies in his in his um, in his past that have come up. And um, little by little, it's been pulling her away from our family and um, our family. We're all Christian. She's you know, she's a believer as well, but um, we've noticed that little by little with this relationship, she's kind of been backsliding and um, just dealing with things like drug use and like alcohol and just things that are not not her, not regularly her. Um, and we're just really nervous about what this relationship is doing to her and um, and I think he has her really blinded and almost as if we're the ones who are trying to control her life, but we're just trying to, you know, kind of give her guidance and, and trying to open her eyes. And we feel like right now she's just so blinded by this person and it's just really tearing her away from our family. And I feel like tearing her away from her belief. So I take it this person or this group of people, they're not Christians. Well, this is the scary part, is that they met through Christian friends, mm -hmm. but yet outside of church are dealing with drugs, dealing with yeah. crime, and dealing with all these other things that we're like, okay, they're basically like wolves in sheep's clothing. Because yeah. Do know, they have connection? Do they have connection to a church? Does she have they, connection to a church? 
She does, and that's the thing that they met through friends from the church. So I guess, um, I guess my advice, sorry, because I got one more caller that I was hoping to get to real quick, and so I want to just uh, uh, cut you off real quick. So I was just going to ask you, um, th- would that pastor be, or that someone from the church, the leaders, be able to speak into their life? Maybe they would be willing to receive it better from them rather than from you, because your family... And, and I right. know how that is. I know you have the best heart for them, but you know mm-hmm. how it is sometimes like even, you know, my kids sometimes receive better from other people than they do from me. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's a possibility. I, I haven't reached out to him or anything because we actually go to a different church, but mm-hmm. um, I think it is a possibility. Yeah, you know, and I have had people from other churches reach out to me about people in my own congregation um, when they're concerned about them. And you know what, if there was somebody in my church who was who was getting into something like what you're describing, I would want to know about it so that we could help that person and uh, and intervene. So that would be one approach that I would uh, advise you towards. And, um, mm-hmm. and I'd love to pray for you. Just kind of keep communicating that you love her. That would be a thing. So that when she does hopefully come out of this, you know, she knows that you guys are a safe place to go. So let me let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Kayla and her sister and just this toxic relationship that her sister's in. Uh, Lord, our desire is to see your sister set free from that and from, from everything else. And so, Lord, thank you that, that her sister still does have some connection uh, with the body of Christ. And we pray for uh, her that, Lord, she would be set free from this relationship and from the drugs, from the alcohol. And, and Lord, we just pray that you would you would bless her and do a, do a saving work in her life. I pray for wisdom for Kayla and her family. And I pray that the sister would really understand that, that the motive behind this is not manipulation, but love. I pray for other callers out there who might be able to relate to the situation. Lord, I pray you give them wisdom in navigating it and just overwhelming love and that it would be received as love as well on the other side. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Kayla, God bless you. Thanks for calling in. And, uh, and goodbye. So you've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I will be with you again next Monday, but tune in every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. Uh, God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.